Hello, and welcome to a somber edition of the Golden Balls podcast. I'm your host, Jared Reback, and we are going to have uh, just a little talk between two very, very upset people on the show today. Obviously, uh, if you're following along, you know that this is because of the uh, trials and tribulations, you could say, of Sporting Kansas City and Toronto FC over the past, you know, 12 to 16 hours as of this recording. Um, you know, we're going to talk about where Kansas City went wrong. We're going to talk about where Toronto went wrong. Originally, this was going to be just an episode kind of reviewing the last couple days and going over every game and everything else. But I think, uh, I think as it turns out, we're going to kind of focus on these two situations here. Uh, and I'm going to have Mike Master and Tawana on again, and we're going to talk about where we both go from here after what just turned out to be just a, a dreadful pair of games. Uh, for our respective teams. So right after this, we're going to have Mike on and we're going to talk about Kansas City and we're going to talk about Toronto. Okay, as promised, we have recurring guest Mike Mastriantuano on the show to talk about the last 24 hours in the Golden Balls world. Mike, how are you doing on this afternoon? How the fuck do you think I'm feeling, Jared? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to tackle this actually in chronological order. We're going to start with the the KC game last night, and then we'll get into Toronto today. Just in the intro, we were going to talk about many other things, but I think that, uh, really, I think this is what you guys want to hear anyway, our misfortune. Um, so let's start with Kansas City. So last night they're playing Minnesota. And, you know, maybe I'm not objective here because obviously I'm, I was big on Kansas City. But Minnesota really didn't do anything for about the first 60 minutes of the match. Would you, I mean, would, would, is that a fair assessment on your end, Shrek? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and so now, um, you know, there was the disallowed goal, which uh, apparently there was a photograph that kind of proved that that was the correct call. And then in about the 73rd minute, um, Tim Milia just goes absolutely crazy uh first before we get into the fantasy impact of what happened stro as a coach what do you what do you say about that play and, and what Melia did and all that kind of structurally yeah as a coach uh i mean he's gonna get a a, a fucking hair dryer in the in the locker room after that one i mean there was just no need for it uh he came prematurely off his line uh like i saw what he kind of cut off that you know that potential through ball way too overzealous and eager to go get it, especially with not one but two defenders that could have potentially covered it, and then to just go in clumsily like that. I mean, you, you can argue whether that was a red or a yellow, I suppose. I know some people have been saying it's a yellow, but I mean, just for the sheer stupidity of it, I mean, just send the guy off. Stupid. Yeah, I mean, even though it was my guy, I kind of agree with that. I was like, you know, I was hopeful it was only going to be a yellow because of the defenders, but I mean, it's just, it's just brainless. Mm-hmm. And so this, uh, this came into a, a Golden Balls event that had not happened in eight years. Um, Andy was the last person who had a goalie get a red card. Uh, in the Euro uh, 2012 opener with Poland. And he got a little lucky, though, because his goalie got a red card for an infraction in the box, and then his guy was able to save the penalty. Yeah. So, so from a fantasy point perspective, actually, th- it was mitigated. Now, we put the rule into place because of the team goalie aspect, where if you have a player suspended, you obviously can't use them. But if a goalie gets a red card, you still can get points. So a goalie red card is minus 10 points. Oh. Which means at the second that that red card came out, even though my team was winning one nothing in the 74th minute, my goalie at that moment had 
negative points. And then, you know, for, for me looking at it, I'm thinking, okay, if they can just get through 20 minutes without, you know, giving up the goal, it's bad, but at least, you know, I'll get the, the clean sheets for my other players, you know, two defenders and, and a midfielder, et cetera, et cetera. And then in stoppage time, we have the own goal. And I just like, I mean, granted, obviously this isn't the World Cup or this isn't the Euros, but I, I really can't conceive of a situation that went from good to horrible as abruptly and as severely as that happens in the history of the Golden Balls. Yeah, it, it was just like an incredibly fast turnaround. Uh, I, I mean, I, put it all into context, right? It, it was almost like a perfect storm brewing from the beginning, right? You, you had Minnesota that were missing like two crucial players from their spine from the outset, and then Amaria goes down a few minutes before kickoff. And, you know, yeah, like you said, they weren't really doing much. Um, but actually, I, I think Heath is a pretty good manager, and, and I think, you know, he, he's kept him positive and kept him going throughout the game and, and just instilled a bit of belief into the team. And then, I mean, yeah, as we all know, football is just a series of random collisions, uh, and sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. But, but the one that occurred, right, the, this own goal, I mean, what did you see, Jared? Because I, I saw, a, and obviously, an inexperienced goalkeeper, right, the Sanchez guy, and you saw me say it on the text thread. I'm like, just this guy running at, like, I was watching him warm up. Right. right. First of all, it's a surprise that now he's got to come on. And then second of all, he's warming up. You can see his hand shaking. He's dropping basic little warm up, uh, you know, kicks and that type of thing. Uh, his his first goal kick was sprayed out of bounds. I'm like, this guy is a calamity waiting to happen. And not just like the physical part of the game, but the mental part, the leadership part. Right. I mean, that ball is dumped into an area where as a goalkeeper, you have to take command. And if you're asking me to put my coach hat on. Right. I'm sitting there saying like Beasler and who is the other defender that it ended up going. Uh, well, Shelton, as it happened, who's a forward hanging back there. Like, I don't know what he's just running. He was running next to nobody. I don't even know what exactly he was doing. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Right. He shouldn't even be there in the first place. But you have two SKC players plus a keeper in that dangerous spot. I mean, that's just, to me, that's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. There is either the keeper shouting away, right, or he's grabbing it himself. I have no idea how a faffle of that magnitude happens right there. And, and to your point, it's a surprise. And, and, you know, Richard Sanchez is not a young keeper. He's 26, but he's extraordinarily inexperienced. He has about 45 games of, like, professional soccer history, like, to his name. Um, he is new on Kansas City this uh, as well, and this is the first game he ever played for Kansas City. He's never really been on the field with these guys, you know, because even in the couple games of training before the season started, like he's not the starting goalie, so he does no, right. uh, you know, kind of no uh, companionship. He has no experience. He has none of that stuff going on. And you know, I guess from Shelton's perspective, you got to be thinking, well, the forward—I don't recall who it was—and Beasley are both going up for the header, and that ball's never going to reach where I'm where I'm standing, which is not an excuse. It's just merely like, it looked like he just could not conceive of the fact that the ball was even going to hit him. Right. Right. So, right, right. And then it does, and it goes in and, and really, I mean, I, in, in some way I had prepared for the idea that the goal might happen, but just for it to happen that way. Uh, was just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was just super bizarre. Right. And, but, and again, you know, you're kind of sitting there saying like, okay, well, it's like, it's not the end of the world. All right. That's, you know, that sucks. Uh, uh, but at least I can maybe get out of here with a draw. Yeah, I hope. yeah. It's like all right, the draw will happen. Like it, it just, I'm like, this is gonna hurt. And like I already know, like the goalie's gonna take a bath on this one. But like whatever, you know. And then of course from there, Kansas City pretty much falls apart. Uh, Minnesota scores five minutes later, but that five minutes is Minnesota really pushing 
you know, not surprising up a man, of course, but, you know, it just, to me, by the time Ch- uh, Molino scored the winner, I was almost resigned to that fate. Like, I didn't even move. I was just like, I was just staring at the screen, just like... Oh, yeah, you know it's, go- you know it's it, coming. It, it's, it, it's inevitable, and I said the same thing after uh, DC United's first goal. I know we're still on your calamity, but, like, you can just feel it, right? Yeah. And so that left me... Uh, I have three points right now for the round with ten guys having played. I have one oh defender tonight. Um, a, a negative fourteen from the goalie, which I think is the like the lowest I think I remember ever seeing by anybody that we've started. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you: Is that record? I, I mean, Dragovich was what negative twelve or something. I, but even then, I think Dragovich was still in an era where like the yellow cards and the red cards even cost more than that and everything else. And he did his damage right. over two games, really, because he had the miss, true, true, right. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's the worst performance we've ever seen. I mean, even like when Brazil <laughs> lost seven nothing to Germany, like Gordon stardom, like you know everything like that. And so, oh um, yeah. So I'm just kind of like, so I've, I've made my piece that like I am not going to win this tournament. Um, you know, I talked to Jeff <laughs> last week, and we were talking about how I thought I drafted a really good team, and and I don't think I didn't. But I mean, this is just the kind of you know true one off that I don't think. I mean, certainly it's nothing that you could ever predict or, or, or guess could happen. But, I mean, for it to actually happen, like, to one of us so quickly in a tournament, I think it's just is, is bonkers to me. And, again, it happened in about, like, 20 minutes of game time. Like, this is – it's not even, like, a 7 nothing where you just get killed all game. Like, that would almost be – it's like the blow, right? It's almost easier <laughs> right, to take right. versus, like, the last second, like, the, like the half-court three-pointer to beat you. And so now we're just sitting there. And, like, honestly, like, I just sat – watching the second game last night just in like almost like a trance right like i had no emotion like gord's guy scored i just like, was like all right whatever like i like, <laughs> like at some point i actually figured i'm like at least i have like a favorite team playing in this thing like you know it's like if you have a really bad start in the world cup but your country's still in the tournament you have something to look forward to but yeah i mean you know to, to close off on my end i just like i i, I know i'm done yeah. Um, well, Jared, at, at this point, your goal, yeah, your goal is just to not finish as bad as the first AFCON, I think. Right? I, well, no, I think it's just, I think my goal is to not finish in last. Um, and, and to be fair, I think Kansas City, like, can turn, like, they were better for most of the time. If Kinda has any kind of decent game, they're up 3 nothing at halftime. And I don't, like, that doesn't even happen. Um, so be that as it may, like, you know, I, I, my goal is not to finish last. I still think <laughs> I have some good players on my team. I still have a lot of guys that get to play against Cincinnati. Um, which is always helpful. So, you know, I, I know I can't win, uh, but, you know, I'm hopeful not to finish last. So I'm going to leave my uh, my end of it there. And now we're going to move on to this morning in, in your particular brand of uh, of torture. And, and again, like, to, before even dumping into the fantasy part of this, this was shocking if for no other reason than for 70 minutes, D.C. United looked like it would rather be anywhere else in the world than on a soccer field. Yeah, I mean, in the words of Barry Glendening, they were diabolically bad. I mean, I just couldn't, like, I couldn't process, like, like what was their game plan? Uh, you know, the players that they had, like, are these reserve players being brought up? Again, I don't know anything about the MLS. I, I knew that they, you know, signed Edison Flores. He was apparently supposed to be amazing, but apparently a Peruvian can't even go 60 minutes in the humidity of Orlando. Uh, it just from top to bottom, you know, and they'd lost Rooney. Obviously, that was like where a lot of their goals came from. Uh, it just sh- a shambolic 
back line. Uh, and I'm just watching. And, you know, Toronto scores, what, 11, 12 minutes into the game? And I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. You know, uh, they're, they're cruising. They're going to cruise. Uh, and then with the red card, I, I was just like, yeah, dude, uh, this, that one's, was, this one's over. I mean, I, the, the only thought I had when the red card happened was, is that the, I, I, the first thought I had in my head was, the only thing that's going to stop this game from ending 6 nothing is the fact that it's during the day and that Toronto might just try and, you know, which they did in a lot of the second half, just pass the ball around a lot, not exert too much energy, knowing that they have to play again on, uh, like, I think it's Thursday, actually. I mean, they have a quick turnaround on this one. So, like, I was right. really thinking, like, like if this was, like, you know, what Columbus did to Cincy, I'm like, if this is a night game and it's 70 degrees and it's not as humid, like, Toronto might just, I mean, God knows where this could end up. And they seem content just to win the game 2 nothing, And to be fair, they had no reason for 82 minutes to think anything other than that. And then DC does the most bizarre thing I think I can think of. You're down 2 nothing in a game that you're down a man. You've had one good chance the entire game. And you bring on a 35-year-old guy who's slow as hell. Yeah. Not, like a, not a 17-year-old to get him some minutes. Not you know a guy who can just sprint for 10 minutes without getting tired. They literally bring on... Federico Iguain, who's never played for the team before. And it's just like, he's again, he's 35 and he's old and he's slow and he can't play 90 minutes. And then... Lawrence, but I will say Lawrence this, Gary, I, I, will say this about, I will say this about Iguain, though. Uh, I listened to one of those um, podcasts that, like, uh, Total Soccer Show hosts every now and again, uh, whether it's, like, Allocation Disorder or whatever. The one with the guy and the girl. and uh, M- MLS Assist, I believe. Yeah, something like that. So there you go. And, you know, they're like, hey, don't sleep on Higuain. Like, yeah, sure. He's super old. He's slow. And he's probably only going to play like 10, 15 minutes. But the guy can change the dynamic of a game. Absolutely. Prophetic words. And I agree. And I agree with that idea in in the concept of if it's 1-1 in the the 75th minute, Higuain's the guy you put on. No doubt. Mm -hmm. But down Mm -hmm. 2-0 in the 80th minute, down a man, it just didn't seem like that was the time. It 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 did. Like, obviously... I'm wrong because it worked out beautifully and he made the difference, you know, on that first goal. But just when it happened, I just, I didn't see the logic in bringing on a 35 year old guy in that he down a man when he can't run, obviously. Right, fine. And, and, and that's fine. <laughs> like I get it, you know, but, but the reality is, is the guy is on. Right. And, and he did. is bringing him on for a reason. Yeah. So if I'm that fucking Simon guy or whatever, right. Uh, which by the way, I, I'm not going to kill Vanny for that. Uh, the Toronto coach, I probably would have done the same thing. No, it, I mean, it, made, it made sense. You, you want to save those center backs and bring in two guys that are not incompetent, or so you would think. And then once you see Higuain come on, there's some switch that has to go off in your head. There has to be a message from the manager that says, hey, guys, you want to have one eye on the field and one eye on this guy at all times. And then what happens like two minutes later? The guy sneaks through the slowest well, it's, man it's in MLS even, and gets a through. The best part, it's not even a sneak. It's Simon looks like he's about to go like up the field to try and score a goal. Like he just right. like, like he is he is six yards <laughs> ahead of the rest of the defensive line in the center of the field. Like now a right back or a left back can get away with that usually, being further up than the rest of the line, et cetera, et cetera. But he just left like this this chasm. And to your point is that Iguain is not the fastest guy in the world. He's you know not in tip top shape. And that through ball puts him in so much space that there's not anyone in the field who can catch him, which shows how much space he has. Right. And the finish is obviously quality. um, No doubt about that. There's obviously nothing Westbrook can do about it. And even, but even then it's like, okay, well, DC got their consolation goal because Simon's off, you know, doing whatever. And that sucks for you clearly. 
but there's no way Toronto's going to give up the second goal. And then, of course, I'll let you take it from here. They give up the second goal. Yeah, and look, and, and I would – oh, my God. You know, if, if I otherwise had not, like, expected it and basically resigned but myself to it – But when it's not your team, it, when it's I, not your I, team. I, I would have been, been pulling my hair out and throwing shit, old Stroh, Super Smash Brothers in the basement, just absolutely demolishing shit. But I just, like – I resigned myself to the fact that this is going to happen. And it did. And, and like you said, it was a center back to center back, like a reservice, like across the box on a set piece. Again, knowing where it's going to go, where and it, it was, dude, that ball was a fucking duck up in the air. Where is the keeper? I, Second of all, who is challenging for these balls? Like it was just and again, I'm going to go on a little. Yeah, I do. Go, go, rant go, and invent here. But but, dude, it, you know, putting my, my my coach hat on, my fan hat on, also just like my my you know, objective third party viewer, lover of football. It's just, it was, it was probably like the most pathetic display that I've ever seen in a professional environment. These guys are paid to play football. They are professionals, right? And, and we talk as coaches about something called managing the game. You fucking manage the game. It doesn't matter what it takes. I forget what exactly the buildup was to that first, you know, the Iguain goal. Um, it, you know, Toronto lost it in the midfield, right? right? Yeah. Why are they trying to play there? Or like, why isn't, I forget who lost it or whatever. Like, if you have pressure on you, you don't need to take a touch and try and turn. Just bounce it back where it came from and keep possession of the ball. Like, all these little things that like, yeah, a bad touch here or giving up a free kick there. That doesn't lead directly to a goal, but all of those things added up together basically put you on this like exponential chart where you're eventually going to reach that asymptote of like guaranteeing to give up a goal. And, and that's what managing the game is, is, is making decisions to not get on that exponential curve up to conceding a goal. And they did it. They collectively, as professionals, as guys, I mean, Michael Bradley's on that field, man. Like, to, 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 to make those choices, and that is the thing that fucking kills me, Jared, is that they have the choice. They have the choice, and I tell my players this all the time. You have the choice to either keep the ball or lose the ball. And they made the choice to lose the ball. And now I expect that sometimes from my 17-year-old, you know, hothead uh, uh, fucking Alexandria players, right? I don't expect that from 20-something, 30-something consummate professionals who get fucking paid money to play this game. Oh, it was so pathetic, man. I mean, I, I, I really don't have much to add to that. I think you kind of covered it pretty well on that. I mean, as I said, you know, just a, a series of individual errors leading to a, a systemic breakdown, I think, for sure. Um, so, and to bring it back just to, you know, before we wrap this up again, it's pretty brief just because, I mean, we could go on this all day. The, the one thing I will say yeah. is there was that that part of me that did feel a little bit of the schadenfreude joy of watching that happen to somebody <laughs> right. else uh, 12 hours later. And again, you didn't eat it quite as bad as I did, but it still felt, you know, there, I felt like, all right, at least I'm not the only one that just got like absolutely bent over by the soccer gods here. But I will say this on your in your defense. Um, first of all, you still have some guys to go this round and you're still actually in decent fantasy shape. You're on 54 points. I think you have uh, two, four... Looks like you have like four starters going, or you know, four potential starters, I should say, uh, in the games tonight. And and you you know, after this round, despite the calamity that just happened, you know, you might still find yourself near the top of the standings. So from the fantasy perspective in the big picture, this is gonna be a, you know, talk to me a little bit about how you feel 
your team is, you know, Toronto's collapse aside, how you feel like your guys are going so far. Do you think it's what, you know, the good performance you've had are sustainable? Talk to me like how you feel about yourself right now, uh, you know, about 12 or 10 games into this tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, once the, the initial visceral response subsided from that, I went on my, my hate anger run and got it and got it all out after that. But yeah, no, I, I still feel in good shape. Um, obviously, you and Jeff hammered me on my midfield. I know it is early days, but I've already got a bunch of goals and assists, match winning goals, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm not saying that they are going <laughs> to continue on that trend, um, keep that up for the entire tournament or whatever. But, you know, at least I'm not dropping goose eggs. Uh, you know, from from my midfielders, uh, I feel good with just just overall. And and I will say that the silver lining from that game this morning, Jared, is that uh, and take it with a grain of salt because DC United was absolute hot trash in that game and down a man for half the game or whatever. Um, but I was pretty impressed by Toronto. I think they tried to actually play. This is why I, I kind of went all in on them. Um, I do expect them to do well in this tournament. Uh, if they do get that veteran leadership from Bradley, if Vanny kind of rallies the troops, lifts them up, uh, you know, for the next game, I think they could win the next two games and then make a run in the knockout stage. And so I still feel pretty good about Toronto and no excuse for the absolute most <clears throat> diabolically bad collapse in the history of professional sports, professional soccer that I've seen. Um, but other than maybe Brazil or whatever, but they weren't up by two goals in a man. But anyways, um, yeah, I still feel pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, and, and I think you should probably because again, those mistakes were not made by the starters, by and large. I'm right. You have Simon yeah, yeah. doing his thing, and, and when the when the when the starting D was in there, when they kind of had all their guys in, I think they played very well. As you said, DC put up token resistance, but we've seen in this tournament more than once that you know token resist just because a team's putting up token resistance does not mean that a team is going to take advantage. You know, like Montreal played like crap. It took that one brilliant strike by New England just to get the three points. Uh, you know. Sporting KC should have put that game to bed last night with, with you know, a half an hour to spare. They didn't. Right. They paid the price. Now, Toronto, again, with their starters, uh, was doing just that. And in a bizarre way, if the red card doesn't happen, I think Toronto wins this game easily because they don't take out all the starters probably as soon, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the guys who are the good players would have remained the good players. So I think I'm in agreement with you on that. So, you, you know, mm. as you said, once the visceral, the hate of it, the hurt of it wears <laughs> off, you should be in decent shape, you know, and at least I, I think you can be pretty thankful at least that you're not me right now. I think. Oh, really yeah. Well, the, I was going to ask you, how about you? How are you? I mean, you, know, I, you obviously had it way worse, dude. And with Kansas City, they, they have a real uh, mountain to climb. Well, in a weird way, in a weird way, the good news is that from a fantasy perspective, it was such a beatdown, like it's such a bludgeoning that I don't have to like feel stress about any of this anymore. Okay. <laughs> like you watch these games and like you live and die with like every shot and every this and you know, I've had like, you know, just like I would say between Kyle Duncan and Graham Zuzi, I've had defenders put four or five balls on like a silver plate to guys. Right. Finished. And so like when I, and when you're watching that stuff and it happens, it just it eats at you and it just eats at you and it just it sucks. Like I should have this eight points, I should have this eight points. And like I think now I can just really just focus on the Red Bulls aspect of this tournament. Uh um, you know, uh, I'm I'm of the belief that this is like all the MLS that is going to like be for like a long time. I don't think they're going to be able to go back to the regular season. Like nothing ever happened after this with getting on planes and and all that stuff. So like I just I want the Red Bulls to have a really good showing here. Um, I would obviously like my fantasy players to do well, but I mean at this point I'm just you know like. Like in the World Cup, it's like, you know, obviously you want to win the golden balls, but when the U.S. is in there, like that's your primary motivation. And that's just kind of yeah. where I am already. 
this well, point. it is funny because there is always well, maybe there are a lot of people who probably haven't experienced this feeling because they are better golden balls players and they're usually in it or, or close to the whatever. But for for someone of, of my pedigree, of my bloodline, uh, I basically measure every tournament by the moment when I get to check out and basically just not care anymore because I know I'm not going to win. Uh, and it's funny that you <laughs> after group stage yeah, one, and, Jared, like, you're not, done. Not, it's not even no in group stage one isn't even yeah. like the seventh <laughs> game of the tournament of like a 50 something game tournament. Like, I'm just like, I'm just sitting there going, like, all right, well, that's done. Like, yeah. like, uh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm, really at a, I'm, a, I'm at a loss. For, and when I was watching it, like I was at a, I was just sitting on my couch, just, just speechless was it. I didn't yeah. know what to say. I mean, like, and if, and if we happened to be on a zoom when that happened, like it would have, you just would have been staring at me and I would just been like staring back at you just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> And then the fucking guy from Super Troopers comes in that, and I'm just sitting there like, this is like, this is like, <laughs> like this is a par- like if I tried to explain this to somebody before the tournament, like it could never be taken seriously. Yeah. Oh, dude, the <laughs> magic of the golden balls, man. It's it's just amazing. Uh, this is this is that, definitely the tournament that that we deserve. MLS is and, back, and, baby. To be, and to be fair, and I think that is what it, what hurts a little bit is knowing that like we we were supposed to have this great summer. Um, you know, I mm-hmm. think what yesterday I think was supposed to be the Euro final, right? Mm-hmm. And so on a day where like you could have had like your hearts, like your your dreams either broken or like come true in like the biggest game, like the second biggest game essentially, like in the world, right? Like internationally speaking, right? Yep. The World Cup final, the Euro final. And like, you know, instead I'm watching fucking Tim Melia <laughs> like go on a fucking walkabout outside the box in an empty stadium in Orlando with like fake crowd noise or no crowd noise, whatever it was last night, like it just it, it, like there's a surreality to it, and uh, and yeah, and and I think seven matches might be the record for just being like like I, I like I'm just looking at it. I don't even know like I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to picture the the team or like what would have to happen because you know even if KC like does win the tournament like other people have the KC guys too mm. or if like the Red Bulls go like I'm one of two people with Red Bulls but the other person is in first place right now. And on top of it, it's my family, and like that's it. I can't wait um, to just have Kayla beat me again. This is great. Um, but Jerry, come on, it's MLS is back, man. Anything can happen. I, I, <laughs> I feel like it's more likely I will end this tournament in negative points than there is a chance that I will win this tournament <laughs> right now, based on um, based on the evidence that is in front of me at this moment. I guess that's what I would I would say about that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll leave that one there. As you know, as I said, it, it was bad for both of us. It was worse for me, I would say. And yeah. we're still in decent enough shape. But I mean, obviously, the fans the fans wanted this this podcast to happen. Um, obviously, as soon as that second goal went in, I literally immediately texted you. I was just like, "What time are you working today?" Yeah. Because <laughs> we're gonna have to. And then Jeff's like, "When are you doing the podcast?" I'm like, "Jeff, do you don't think that the first thing I thought about yeah. was?" <laughs> was that like you know the game wasn't even over and we were planning on what time to do this podcast so yeah and uh, i'm sure we could you. go even like more and more oh and i mean I, I, but yeah, yeah i we mean, should probably leave it right there yeah <laughs> and so i do thank you for coming on again um i'm sorry it wasn't under better circumstances uh i do get the sneaking suspicion that by the time this tournament is over uh the the fans of the podcast will get to hear your dulcet tones again <laughs> um because i'm sure that's not the last time that something is going to go horrifically wrong for you because i have lived the last 15 years and i know better well thanks for uh, having me jared i really appreciate it man that was thank fun you to mike thank you to mike for being on the show we'll be uh actually we, you know, we're just gonna leave it right here i don't even feel the need to come back for a uh a postscript on this so thank you for listening to the show and join us again next time on the golden balls podcast